Welcome back to another week of Tower Ace. Liz, it's awesome to have you back. It's great to be back. Feels like just yesterday that you joined us on the first one. Yeah, that was a while ago. <laughs> it was a little while ago, wasn't it? Plenty's has happened. Plenty's yeah. happened since, yeah, eh? I reckon. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. We're going to continue our conversation today about love. So we're talking about how love is a conversation that we all care most about because it has everything to do with how we are treated and how we treat one another, how we treat ourselves, um, how we feel about ourselves. Um, but it's the hardest thing we ever actually have to do. And so we're continuing on, on this conversation. So today's topic is actually about sex. It's about lust. It's about all those types of things. Before I go any further, Shaz, <laughs> over to you here, mate. <laughs> yeah. So it is um, a difficult topic, but I, I, Jesus had the conversation. He certainly did. Um, and he never shied away from hard conversations because mm. he lived in the real world. So he wanted to, he wanted us to be able to figure out how to live mm. whilst we're here on planet Earth. Um, so we would encourage you not to let children watch today's um, session and if your teenagers are watching then can we really encourage that you have a conversation with your teenagers they may not want to talk straight away after the session but maybe during the week take them out for maccas or just be available for those conversations um, because I certainly wouldn't leave this topic without having a conversation with a teenager without checking mm. in on them so mm. it, it is a hard one and and we apologise in advance if some feel offended, but we feel that it's a really important conversation to have yeah. because the church needs to have a conversation on this topic. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. And the very fact that Jesus spent time speaking about this topic yeah. in, as he spelled out what love looks like in any context yeah. shows that it's worthwhile having, but unfortunately, obviously, in church world or anywhere, sex is a hard conversation to have a, a Top, uh, well, we like to have a sanitised faith. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Mm. Yeah. yeah, People talk about it. They just don't necessarily have an honest conversation. Yeah, It's very true. Look yeah. at you just digging in already, oh, hey? Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I might as well read out what Jesus had to say about it. So this is, we're just continuing on from Matthew 5. So again, Jesus is just here having a conversation just with the common folk. And he gets up to this part about sex and this is what he says. Um, he says from verse 27 onwards, You've heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Pretty outrageous words there. Is there anything immediately that jumps out to you guys that you want to talk about before we cut to a video? Um, just that he's – I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> he's just being very forthright. I think he's being very upfront. Yes. He's being very direct and I think he's getting to the heart of the issue. Yeah. Yeah, so he's, getting, he's digging deep. He's going underneath the layer. Mm. And the language, it's not a – an easy subject so the language is really harsh in there so you've got this stuff that he goes this is important i want you to listen to it mm. and take hold of it because you know you don't gouge your eye out just yeah. for, for fun like there's some yeah. real depth to this that he wants us to take notice of yeah that sort of language really is like a big exclamation mark emoji yeah. type thing isn't mm. it? it's like pay attention to what i'm saying here because yeah. this is um yeah. really powerful yeah. so with that we might um share with you guys a little video and then we'll be back in a moment Welcome back. Wasn't that crazy, hey? I think what I found fairly confronting was that it was everyday ads that the kids were seeing just on yeah. billboards with yeah. all our major brands. Major like brands, yeah. Just our common everyday brands and mm. that's how they're feeling. Yeah. 
and we don't even notice them. Like you drive around, we are so, I guess, desensitised to that stuff that every day that is in front of us, it's in front of our kids and we don't even notice. You're yeah. driving along, you don't even notice that there's actually somebody who is being objectified right in front of you. And we just have accepted that as almost normality. But when a child sees it and you hear what they're actually confronted with, it really sort of is a wake-up mm. call. But it's hard, isn't it, for children because children don't have a political voice. Um, they don't have a normal voice. They're not often consulted. No. They don't have big money that they can pay yeah. for political parties to mm. get their vote across. So when you hear how they're actually responding, it is really confronting. Yeah, incredibly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just... And just, you know, when one of them is like, I just don't want to watch that, I don't want to see that, when they're, they're coming back with those comments and, and girls who are coming back with that makes me feel really scrawny, we're watching an ad, you're like, you know, what impact is that having on their little souls when they haven't even, mm. you know, they haven't had a vote, they haven't yeah. been able to do any of that, that impact. Well, they haven't even had a childhood. Come on, they're in exactly. the middle of childhood. They shouldn't yeah. have to be thinking about no. body image. no. No, they yeah. should just be allowed to be kids, yeah. but they're being confronted by this blatant sexuality. Let's yeah. talk about that, though, because our, our culture is hyper-sexualised, isn't it? Yeah. Like there's just sexuality just, mm. just everywhere. Mm. Like as they say, like sex sells type thing. Like what's this doing to our, our world around us? What do you guys see? Oh, <laughs> what do I see? Um, having had four kids or have had four kids and um, a few others, you just – you notice that there's comments that get made to them at school. You notice that there's things that are impacting the brain and the way that they're, they're dealing with things. I remember my son being at school and being, he was slightly slow to, you know, hit, I guess, that growth mm -hmm. spurt. So how, you know, and the comments that get made in that situation are over-sexualised, whereas once, I think when I was little, it was just like, they're just a late bloomer or that, but it becomes a or sexual. shorty. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes a sexual target and a, a label that it's like, where did that even come from? Yeah. But it, mm. it impacts. And I know for me watching the pain that he was in being labelled, but it's something that was not true. You just wonder what damage that's doing to their soul and you, you feel like you have to work twice as hard to build them up because mm. every negative, it feels like it needs multiple good to to back sure. you up mm. i feel like i'm going around in circles now no, but that makes sense yeah. yeah i loved in that video the boys in that um in that video because the boys were actually quite tender towards the girls mm. and they actually had a really healthy um view of girls yeah and they were um, expressing things that they were uncomfortable with but from the research that somehow gets flipped as boys get older and it's almost like boys are groomed at some point to be something totally different to that mm. sensitive, gentle, um, other-focused, other-centred yeah, wow. um, human being, that something yep. happens between that age and, yeah, you know, adulthood point. that mm. just turns them into where they begin to see um, women as an object, um, as mm. just somebody who can uh, provide them with sexual favours. I know I'm generalising here, but, of course, but, but it's in that psyche yeah. kind mm. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things in some of the research I've done is that the whole porn industry is actually targeting our children. It's targeting young people that they are being fed this diet of 
objectifying women and women are there for their own needs mm. that in we've got this whole industry and people go oh, it's just porn it, it won't matter it doesn't hurt but it's actually one of the biggest economies in our world mm. that porn is actually fed by multiple and it's oh, there's so many industries but porn is just up there on the scale of you know top 10 businesses across the world so it's actually grooming our children from a young age to be hungry from for this into adulthood mm. so it it's it's not only the um hunger though for sex it's the way it portrays what women want yeah. what women like what women's purpose and identity mm. is for yeah so if we're talking about domestic violence domestic violence will never change while we have a big porn industry no. because the porn industry mm. does predominantly objectify women and says that they're there for the pleasure of men women like brutality so Mm. the more brutal you are with women the more they like it those kinds of messages come through in the porn all the time so we're never going to address domestic violence until we address the porn industry Mm. Mm. the world would never say that those two things are linked though well, I don't care. The research is the research. I'm just saying the world says that uh, sexuality is this and like uh, obviously our interpretation of what Jesus says is this. And this is one of the ones where it's miles apart. Yeah, but you can't you can't say that this is like women, like what's the one on Netflix at the moment? Three, 365 days. 365. Okay, I got halfway through the trailer just as part of the research and I'm just about puking. Yeah. I'm kind of going, you can't tell me that when you treat women that way that you're ultimately not going to think it's Mm. wrong to do other yeah um, to do things that are going to hurt them you're not going to necessarily hear their no as a no you're going to hear it as a oh i really like this but i better say no kind Mm. of thing Mm. Um, yeah absolutely i mean as a teenager i can remember ads being on television that you know no means no like that was seemed to be the big push when i was a teenager there was lots of ads and lots of promotion about that but it seems that now that has flipped again and it probably never fixed completely but there is this flip that if a woman says no she's actually just saying no because she wants to look like she's doing the right thing but what she actually wants is what you're suggesting or what yeah. that expectation is yeah. or they, i mean i've talked to some girls where they feel like i've talked to 12 and 13 year old girls who think that that's what they should be enjoying doing, yeah. and that that's that's the norm, mm. um, even though if they feel uncomfortable with it and they're finding it hard to step in and embrace that, they still feel this pressure mm. to, to become whatever they're viewing on, on, um, in, in the on movies, on the ads yeah. or whatever's coming through mm. in their feeds. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you guys have both done some research and Liz, you're involved with a team called Rahab. Um, do you guys, either of you, want to just share a little bit about what happens like behind the sex industry, like some of the other stuff that doesn't get spoken about? Because the world's narrative yeah. is, is that the sex industry is fine, that every, every woman that's in that's empowered and that's yeah. their choice. <laughs> and there's a lot of that sort of misinformation. Can either of you guys just bring that to the conversation? Um, some of the research I've done of women in the porn industry, they will sign, like there's that thing, oh, they signed a disclaimer, they've you know said this and this is okay, but... From the things that I'm reading, the health situation is just, it's just heartbreaking. There's women who are in there who are physically being completely destroyed. Yeah. Like their insides are literally falling out from what's happening to them. Their, their souls are completely destroyed. But just even on a physical realm, the diseases that they're picking up. And these, they're feeling like it's, it, 
it has to be okay because they've signed the disclaimer. Mm -hmm. They've taken the money. So they therefore have no right to go back. But, you know, there's women having hysterectomies and a whole lot of other Mm -hmm. um, gynecological issues. There's, There's women who are... Um, battered and bruised and their bruises are taking months to go away so they literally they can't work yeah not you know what I mean but their bruises are so bad and the damage is so bad that they're taking a whole month to be actually be able to recover Mm -hmm. from what goes on the damage to their soul on a long term is just phenomenal but they actually only have a lifespan of about two years in the industry in the industry because after that they're they're at a place where their bodies can't do it any longer or they're not in that physical condition where they're going to do that. So it's a very short lifespan for a woman in that industry. And, I mean, they're they're probably the ones where it's, um, I guess, legal and okay, but there is the black market side of things where what you're seeing is actual... Trafficking. It's trafficking and and there would be women who who die in this industry Mm. every day because of what's happening. um, um, difficulty they have in getting out. Oh, absolutely. So whilst we say there's freedom for women to be sex workers, oh, well, if you're not free to get out, then, then no. there's not freedom no. No. in the industry. Yeah. And most, most women I've talked to at the beginning, they might go in it for the money. Mm-hmm. By the time they finish, they're so in debt to the organisation and wow. they're um, addicted to the drugs and the alcohol that are given to them during that period of time that they come out. If they can get out, they would be in a much, much worse situation. So they can't get out because of the financial constraints that have just layer Mm. upon layer as they've been in that industry. Wow. Mm. Yeah. That's a different story (laughs) to the way the world is. Yeah. 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 And also just the slavery aspect of it, you know, the number of people, whether they be children, whether they be women and men, I don't think that it's just gender exclusive but we have to understand that there's an element of slavery mm. that's happening in that industry. Well, it's not a bond all, that, yeah. It's yeah. not all, um, I'm happy to go into this industry. Mm. Uh-uh. Um, and even the ones that may choose to go into that industry, there's often something or someone or a life behind them that has actually groomed them to be in that place, that they're not better for anything else, that this is what you're wow. groomed for from a young age. So... Um, I've heard of husbands who push their wives into it because it's easy money or fathers or uncles or they've got no parents or they've been sold off. So there's this whole network, even in nice, clean Australia, if you went into most situations, there's something behind it as to why that person is there. Mm. Um, but it's very difficult to get to that that story of why. But there's usually it's not just, a, oh, that sounds like a great career choice. Mm. It, there's a whole backstory to it as to why. Mm. Whilst we're talking about porn, what's some of the um, damages that it does to the consumer? Or what have you <laughs> found in your research? Because I know that both of you, like I feel so ignorant on this topic, like I really do. Oh, that's good. I feel really <laughs> dumb <laughs> sitting here today. <laughs> they are, they're like you guys have done so much. You guys... Well, it stops connection for one thing. Yeah. So yeah. often in a teenager when they're, when they're starting to get hooked on porn, they actually start to isolate. Mm. So they'll want to skip family dinners, they'll want to skip family um, outings um, because they'll want that screen time. So they'll deliberately... Um, stop connecting and then once you stop stop connecting there you stop connecting elsewhere so what it does is it stunts that ability 
for relationship, for mm. belonging, for connection. And, and on the other side, there's a whole heap of research which shows we cannot be who we were created to be yeah. without people, without of the course. right people in our life cheering us on and pulling out our gifts and abilities. But if you're isolating, that, that's never going to happen. No. You're never going to find your purpose. The world's never going to receive your hmm. talent or gift. So the world's going to miss out and yeah. the kid's going to miss out. Yeah. So that's just one. Um, mm. Other ones can be loss of appetite, loss of sleep, um, yeah. depression, anxiety. Mm. Um, and then there's some... Really awful things that are happening oh, with horrible, other people. Yeah, people, um, men under twenty-five, they're finding that um, erectile dysfunction in people who are addicted to porn is just skyrocketing. Really? So you go, these are young men who this isn't historically yeah. a problem. But because, so this is the first time in history yeah. this has ever happened. Yeah, so we're talking about something that that's completely no changed. other generation no. has experienced. Mm. That it, that is happening with our twenty-year-olds. Mm. Yeah, and they're not. They're actually not connecting with people any longer. So to even have a relationship with another person is near impossible. Mm. But sexually they're not attracted to necessarily the opposite or another yeah. person. They're actually connected to a screen. Yeah, that's so damaging. that is the thing that actually ends up being the, the thing, trigger point. The trigger point. It's the, the screen. Arousal. Yeah, it's not actually a person. It's a screen. So... But the problem is that you then get outworkings because we need physical connection. So you have the outworkings, which becomes that highly, um, I guess, dominating or violent mm. sort of stuff that goes on because they're not, they don't actually see a person as a person. They mm. see a person as an object to meet their needs or the things that are being fit. This stuff is feeding them. Mm. So, and there's, yeah, just that ability to connect that you mentioned is just huge that they're, it's just completely breaking down that ability for human-to-human -human interaction. And that's why when Jesus says this, like the first thing in there he sort of says, if you look at another woman lustfully, then you've committed adultery. What, what he's kind of saying is, is that if you're constantly objectifying women and that's all what you see them as, you know, you look them up and down and sort of see what they like sexually, he's kind of saying you're committing adultery um, you're not being true to the person that you're, you're, you're married to. But not only that, I think he, it goes even further than that in that you, you can no longer see God in the other person. You mm. can no longer see the face of God yeah. in the other person. All what you can see in them is that, is that, that they're this object that I can utilise, yeah, that I can boyer in on, that mm. I can kind of think, yeah, they're sexy or they're, they're, they're going to serve some purpose for me. Um, which is fairly narcissistic, mm, yeah. if we want to put it that way. And Jesus is just kind of saying, cut your eye out, mate. Like, <laughs> that's not healthy. That's not whole. Yeah. That's not how you should be treating one another. Yeah. And he's saying, you know, you should go to great lengths. Mm. If you're um, starting to objectify or see people constantly in that way, well, you need to do something because you've got a problem because you can't actually mm. um, see the dignity and the worth 
in in another human being. And yeah. So I think he, I think if he was here today, I think he'd probably get out that whip, <laughs> kind <laughs> of go, you know what? I'm really cross. I'm really cross. And the church should be so fired up over this one because, like I said earlier, domestic violence, sexual assault—they're the two big issues facing Australian culture. You know, what is it? One in every three girls, one in every four boys sexually assaulted. If we look at the domestic violence rate, um, I think it's one in every three women or mm-hmm. one in every four women, I can't remember, say that they've had some um, negative physical um, yeah. encounter. That statistic's not going to go down whilst we continue to objectify one no. another rather mm-hmm. than saying, I can see the face of God in you or I can see the face of God in you. You're precious, you're of worth, you've got dignity mm. um, and we, we treat one another that way. Mm. That's really yeah. good. Yeah, and it shouldn't just be the church that gets fired up about this. <laughs> no, society, no. I just don't understand it. I don't understand it because this destroys. You know, we can have conversations about sustainability and about the planet, and we can have, and they're good conversations yeah. to have. But you know what? This one never makes it to the political agenda. There no. is mm. never an election that's won or lost on this issue of yeah. how women are treated in mm. terms of yeah. their. Their, their worth and their dignity and how we're going to protect them and how we're mm. going to protect our children. And I kind of look at those young boys who at that age in that video who are so sensitive towards um, women, yeah. what happens? Mm. What happens? What yeah. happened to them to make them change? Mm. Yeah. Spill out. What did happen? Well, the porn <laughs> industry. <laughs> um, yeah. Like with and three, I think six, there's also five, like they're, they're dropping in into, into every day, yeah. into every day. Yeah. But there's also that um, lost my train of thought. Then sorry, uh, no, no, it's not. Um, there's that thing where we all objectify one, like humanity objectifies one another. So it's not just men objectifying women. No, like no. that is the reality. But there's the other way around that we have marketing flipped. It did that flip and it went, okay, well, let's objectify men in the same situation. You know, you only have to go back to television shows like Mad Men or things like that where it was just this, you know, women are here to meet a need and they're here to sell a product. Mm. And it just seems to, I mean, over history, through decades, that's how it is, that we've just got this thing of how to sell it. But Jesus is, I mean, even in this era, he's actually speaking um, counterculturally in that situation because women were seen as a property in Mm. that period of time. So nothing's changed over history, but we have a choice every day that we can treat people differently. We can treat people as human. We don't have to point out that those things are... um, we, we can point out that they're wrong, but not just because of the fact that they're wrong, but just because of the fact that we're treating people so poorly. And I think one of the things as a church that we've done is we've made it secretive. We haven't talked about it. We haven't had those conversations about sex. We go, well, there. I mean, I remember as a teenager wanting to understand how God designed sex and being given a book in a brown paper bag. I mean, it was like, oh, well, I probably can't have a conversation with that person again. But you just want to have those honest conversations. But the church has gone, oh, they're they're too hard, those conversations. And the reality is in our youth groups and in our children's ministry, um, children are exposed to pornography. So where, where do they have those conversations? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they need to be having them with the, their parents in the home, but they're going to filter out the consequences that are going to filter out into all sorts of different mm. aspects. So the church has to be brave and have these conversations and mm. healthy conversations. Mm. And, it's, and, I mean, parents are set up. I mean, you know, I, I feel for parents of today because you're fighting a multi-billion dollar industry. Yeah. 
um, that has incredible power mm. um, and that can sway culture and try and convince culture that there's no harm in it. The, the research shows mm. the, the opposite yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of the, the impact that it's having. So... I feel sorry for parents, but parents, you have to have conversations yeah. with your kids. When you do the sex talk, you can't just do the sex talk. You you actually have to talk about what makes kids feel comfortable, what makes them feel uncomfortable. Mm. You know, if they see something at school or somewhere that made them feel uncomfortable, that they can feel free to come home and say, hey, I saw this on so-and-so's phone yeah. or device and it just made me feel really unsafe. Mm. And then... As a parent, you have the right to go to the school and, and kind of track down where that came from because yeah. it's a duty of care. Mm -hmm. The school's responsible yeah. for the, the safety yeah. and the protection. Mm. Yeah. So you, you have a right to kind of go, this just isn't good enough. Yeah. Um, and if we don't have those conversations, there's plenty of resource out there that will have the conversations and they may not be the conversations we want our kids having. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And I think underlying all of this is, is that Jesus is kind of – saying, I want, I want you to treat one another with great worth. Yeah. yeah. I, w I want you to be in loving, kind, caring, sensitive relationships where you can talk about what you're feeling, where there can, you can kind of say, ouch, that hurt, I need to modify, where there's forgiveness, where there's confession. You know, you've got this dynamic where, you, where you're trying to treat one another with great respect, mm. Great dignity and mm. great worth. Mm. Let's, let's spend a moment there and talk about what God's plan for sex was. Like where does intimacy come into this? Like where does it, the fact that uh, sexuality isn't just a physical thing fit in? Where do you guys want to pick well, that up? Well, the word mm. intimacy actually means into me see. So it's about into me, into mm -hmm. the deepest part of me, into mm -hmm. my soul, into the part of me that nobody else gets to see. It's not about the physical act. It's what um, into me see opens up. It's about yeah. um, going deep with someone and handling their, their um, soul, mm. their dreams, their talents, their um, identity, their character with great tenderness and with great worth. Mm. Um, so it's a very fragile and a very tender space to be in. Mm. And that and that's why God created sex into mm. DC. Yeah. And it is just such a precious place when you know that um, you are treasured, that somebody else holds your soul that dearly and that closely, that you know that you can be really vulnerable, you can be really open, you can be honest, you can share all your ugly pieces and all the other, mm. but you're still loved in that space. Yeah. You don't have somebody who goes, well, you haven't met my needs, so therefore, yeah. you know, you've got this space when you do fail that yeah. you are, that yeah. there's that solidity there of yeah. knowing that someone who's holding your soul, mm. um, which creates this amazing space for uh, sex within marriage to be a really sacred space. Base, can get that out. So, yeah, that that ability for someone else to see into your soul and be trusted with that, and for you to be able to trust somebody else is really beautiful. Mm. Yeah, um, and there's a connectedness that yeah. happens that's mysterious. Mm. There's a mysterious element to sex. Mm. It's just not all body. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I often think when you're grieving, um, like uh, um, having sex when you're 
in that raw place of grief can be one of the most healing things mm. because you don't have the words but it's like your bodies speak to one another and minister to one another and in that space is tenderness and healing. Mm. Um, how do you explain that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean and that is so far from what the porn industry yeah, it's and so our different. world and our billboards and our marketing portray. Mm. Yeah. And so they give us this cheapened version of what sex is about. I mean I, I often look at... Um, even um, a marriage ceremony, I mean, God wanted us to sign our ceremony with sex. So he's far more romantic than our governments because our governments want us to sign a piece of paper. I mean, that's nowhere near as romantic as God. Yeah. Whereas God wanted us to sign that covenant to seal that yeah. with our bodies. I mean, how cool is that? <laughs> yeah. 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 That's great. I don't know what else to ask. What else no. do what else you guys want to share? What else is... On your heart, do you want to share around uh, this topic? I think there's a lot in what we have shared. But I just think, you know, there's so much within marriage. Like you've, you're, what, 33 years and we're nearly 30. And it's just when you when you begin a marriage and sex comes up and it's all that, you just you don't understand how amazing a relationship can be over a length of time. Mm. And it's just such a gift that... Um, what what gets sold out in the world you just go if only you knew but then there's so much of your own married life that you don't want to share with anybody because it is about that intimacy that you have with one other person so there's so much there that you just go if only you knew if only you just wait if only you treasure what you've got and the gift of marriage and that relationship that I have with my husband it's it's almost difficult to put into words so that healing that comes in there, it is very difficult to put in what 30 years of marriage is. Mm. It's just so beautiful and such a gift. Not that it's always like that, but, <laughs> you know, there's just, if only the porn industry is trying to, I guess, cheapen that and minimise that. But if only people who consume that could see sure. what, what a gift it is, it would, it could change their mindset of why, sure. of how it all works. That all good. feels very muffled. <laughs> I get what you're saying. I just don't think we can love well. So a culture is very good at saying um, everything's about love. You cannot love people well whilst you're objectifying them. No, yeah, it's very true. You just can't. You cannot do yeah. it. And when you're when you're using and abusing someone for your own needs, that's not love. No. no. Um, and it's also not loving to towards children mm. to take them out of their ch childhood and out of the innocence and the playfulness of ch childhood. Mm -hmm. It is not loving or kind um, when we no. do that to children and it's not fair and it's not on. No. <laughs> it's just not that's on. really good. Yeah. Mm. It's not on. It's abuse. Yeah. yeah. That's what I think. Mm. Yeah. 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 And so we, we need to um, speak it out, you know. We just need to speak it out. Mm. Mm. Yeah. What would you like to see our community doing after this conversation today? Oh, well, on the um, shout-out um, webpage, um, there's a petition that you can sign there. Dunzo. Yeah, um, which is trying to stop um, one of the world's biggest porn um, sites. sites. Um, yeah, just uh, even like and share that um, page on Facebook because they're constantly showing how um, some of the big brands, some of the campaigns that they actually promote all the time and, to, and the way in which they objectify 
and sexualized, particularly women. Mm. Um, and you can actually have a voice in that space. Um, and also, I just think we just need to keep talking about. We don't. I don't want domestic violence no, in, in my nation, and I don't want sexual assault in my nation. Yeah. And the sooner it becomes um, something that the politicians um, get elected on, yeah. uh, elected on, then we'll see change because Australia can resolve to change this issue if it wants to. But at the moment, it doesn't actually have the resolve to want to change mm-hmm. this issue. That's and great. I, but I think if there was ever an issue that needed changing because of the devastation that it creates on a person, it's these two issues: domestic mm-hmm. violence and sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Wow, That's really but it's great. not even on just the person; it's the like the on-flow effect, it just yeah. goes through children and families, extended so families. Much trauma. There's so much trauma. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's very mm. good. Yeah. Do you either of you have anything else that you want to discuss no. or no? Except that we have a very loving God. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And good. then I suppose, yeah, I suppose the thing is, if you are caught in that, there is forgiveness. Yeah. Of course. And there, and, yeah, great and point. I think great that. Point. Letting go of something like pornography is is just like alcoholism. It's really, really, really hard. Yeah. And um, I'm I'm not going to judge or uh, I judge the industry. I don't judge the the person because I think that they're just caught in a trap. They've been groomed. They've yeah. been groomed by a multi billion dollar industry to behave in a certain way. And I think that the message of Christ is is that. In him there is power to turn away from that and to actually um, embrace a different kind of living one that will actually satisfy your soul. Mm. That's great. Yeah. Mm. It's a really mm. good invitation. Mm. Cool. Mm. Well, we might leave it there. Liz, do you mind just praying for us? Sure. Father, I just thank you that you love each one of us. You love us exactly where we are. Whether we're struggling with this area, whether we don't understand it, you're just in this space with us right now. So I just ask that you just um, help us to be kind to ourselves, but also to have honest conversations with ourselves and with others in this area. And thank you that you are there for us every step of the way. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.